Report with Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. He does. He talks football with you, with us. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde. We are in for Mully and Haw. Mike Mulligan's valued friend of the program for many years. He joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Big Z, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, Justin Fields is going on. He answered a question about what would be acceptable, what he would look for, what what good the offense can produce, what he can do, how he can do it. What is your? What would you define as good, acceptable, as progress in the last two games of this season for his offense? Well, they're going up against uh, a t- terrible Detroit defense on Sunday. The uh, Lions, with uh, plenty at stake, plenty at stake, went down to uh, Carolina this past week and just got steamrolled. Uh, Panthers ran for 300-some-odd yards. It was a Carolina uh, franchise record. But um, the Lions are also good at getting trampled uh, via the passing game. I mean, they're, they've, um, they've gotten a lot better as a team this year, right? They look like they're headed in the right direction. But they've got – a terrible amount of work to do on defense. The 32nd in the league in uh, total defense. They're tied for 28th uh, in run defense. They're 30th uh, in pass defense. They're 32nd in yards per pass play allowed. They're 26th in sacks per pass attempt. They're 31st on third down. So what would you want to see from Justin Fields and the offense as a whole? I think you want to see some points put up, and you understand that the Lions, especially at Ford Field indoors, have a uh, pretty good passing game, and they're liable to put up a bunch of points. But you just want to see the Bears be able to uh, you know, play uh, mistake-free football and not turn the ball over and, and put some points up, like I said, because the last four starts by Fields, I want to say the Bears are averaging 19 points a game. They had that nice four-game stretch. Uh, back in, in midseason when they were uh, putting out about 29 and a half points a game, you know, this is the kind of opponent you ought to be able to put some uh, touchdowns up against. Brad, we were just beginning to touch on this and Matt Eberflus and the job that he has done this year. H- how do you evaluate him? What do you th- how do you think he has done this season? Well, the record stinks. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're bad on offense. They're bad. On, you just you look at it, it's really hard. And I, I've gotten a lot of mailbag questions lately about the the job he's done, or these people are critical of Luke Getze and and even more critical of Allen Williams. And I'm looking at him like I, I don't even know how to evaluate Allen Williams. Like he doesn't have a front seven that you can win football games with. He's been playing with a ton of rookies in the secondary. Um, and, and, you know, there's the injuries. It's just, I, I don't know. What Fluce has done that I think uh, is important um, is, is keep the energy level up. 
right? You've got you've got guys in that room that um, they they're happy to be there, you know, in the locker room. And, and I can tell you, when I've covered teams that have had bad losing streaks, and you got to go back to 2002 for the last time I covered a team with an eight game losing streak, um, players can get a, a little checked out at this point uh, on the schedule with with a game or two left in the season there's an element of for some of them of going through the motions and i don't think we've seen much of that from the bears so i think that's a credit to uh the head coach uh that doesn't necessarily carry over from one season to the next you know you kind of got to start over uh instilling that but um we we've got to see uh, Eberflus and his assistants with some with some better football players. Like they they kind of tore this thing down, and then they traded away some good players, and then some guys got hurt. And what you've got left is a is a bad bad football team. The the Allen Williams thing that you started with is, is fascinating, Big Z, because you're right. I mean, and he when Allen Williams speaks to us, he he never seems defeated. He's very upbeat, very positive. Could it just be that while I'm sure that you know behind the scenes they're meeting and trying everything they can to make this defense better to get to the quarterback, that essentially between Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, and Allen Williams, it's, hey, it, it, we understand we don't have the personnel. And so, and I hate using this word because it encompasses a lot, he kind of gets a pass this year. Is is that the right way to, to look at Allen Williams? Because I can't evaluate him either. Yeah, I you know, I don't know that you give him a pass. So you look at some guys and you say, hey, I'm disappointed we didn't see uh, more production. And, um, it, you know, I look at uh, Travis Gibson, Dominique Robinson. Uh, those are guys who – made some plays rushing the quarterback there in the first month of the season. And, and while, you know, Eberflus talked at length about some of the good things Gibson has been doing recently this week, you know, he said he needs to work on a, on a counter move as a pass rusher. Well, you know, if he had a, a dominant uh, go-to move, he'd be a little bit better off in terms of production in that area. So there's some, things that I think you evaluate and you say, boy, this this, um, this hasn't been great. And, and that's one of the things you want to see is, is player development uh, in growth. And, and they're a little short uh, in some of those areas defensively. But, um, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd stay away from using the word pass yeah. and just, just kind of say I, I want to see them when they've got some better uh, talent. And, and it's going to take a time, a, a while, guys to get this roster uh, truly stocked uh, the, the way they want it to be. We were talking about 2002. Bixie, today is the 20th anniversary of the Henry Burris start in Tampa when they lost 15 to nothing, and he threw 19 passes. He completed seven to the Bears and four to the Buccaneers, and he had a passer rating of 10.3. We were just talking about the end of that season. And looking back at that last eight-game losing streak you covered, they snapped it against Detroit. Oh, boy, Detroit was bad back then. Wow, was Detroit bad? Yes. 
the, the serendipitous nature of 2002 coming up on the show, I just needed to share that. But what we were talking about with the coach, with, with Iberflus, was that no coach gives players an excuse. But the way he has phrased it, the way he's talked about refusing to use injury subs, the backups of backups of backups being in there, and he says, our job is to figure it out as coaches, and so is Justin's job. And he doesn't say it. <clears throat> There's not the the lying crap from John Fox. There's not the unintelligible stuff from Mark Tressman. But there seems to be a well-grounded way of, okay, here, we need to figure this out. That's our next job, whatever it is. And I like that about him. And maybe it works well with a, a younger a younger roster, inexperienced roster. They, these, guys, these guys are all worried about their jobs. But I just like that approach from what I've seen. You've been closer to it. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I think you just have to have a straightforward communication with the players. Hey, here's the expectation. And the the uh, it doesn't shift based on who's on the field and how much experience you have and, and that sort of thing. So hey, they've taken a common sense approach to a lot of things. I think... Eberflus has been pretty direct with his players in terms of communication, which is important, which is how you um, establish some, some trust and confidence with them and then maintain it. Right. You've got to, you've, you've got to continue to operate that way. So you know, two, two division games left, they've lost whatever six or seven straight uh, NFC North games going into this one in Detroit, and uh, and we'll have to see what happens. Talking to Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune here on the Mully and Haw Show, Rosenblum and Grody sitting in until 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah, I almost botched my own name right there. <laughs> Rhymes with Flutie. <laughs> Brad, you said correctly it's, it's going to take a while to stock this roster how much time is it going to take and what can realistically get accomplished in this off season where from a fan perspective, and I'm sure you've seen this in your mailbag as well, there are great expectations for this off season. Yeah, I think you're looking at to, to really, really get this thing up and running would require two, two full off seasons from now. And that's, that's if, um, the the strike rate for the GM Ryan Poles is extremely high, and that's if Justin Fields uh, continues to develop into the type of quarterback that the Bears are hoping he will be. And they need to surround him with better talent first in order to determine whether or not he can he can reach that point. Right? They need a better line. They've got to do a better job of protecting him. And they need um, better skill position players around him. So I, I just think it's going to take a while. You know, it, a lot of times, pro guys in pro scouting will break down rosters with uh, color coding involved. Okay, so they'll they'll look at the players and they'll give them a color coded grade in relation to other players at the same position throughout the league. And it makes it easier to kind of compare relative um, 
strengths and weaknesses. And so, you know, it goes blue's the top end, then it goes red, purple, orange. With a blue, that's a guy who could start for any team in the league and is, you know, most likely a regular Pro Bowl type player. And so those blues are those are hard to come by, those are hard to collect. You look at the roster right now, they don't have a blue on it, guys. They had one in Roquan Smith. They traded him. Eddie Jackson earlier in his career was probably a blue and was trending back in that direction before he got hurt. Uh, you look at the Bills and the Eagles, a couple recent opponents, and they've got, you know, they've got blue all over the place. And so until you, you know, get a bunch of really good football players, it's going to be hard to chase a championship. Brad Biggs is our guest here on The Score. Rosenblum and Grody in for Molly and Ha. We're talking Grady. Bears football. Grady. 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 <laughs> You'll figure out your name soon. So if you're looking for the Blues and there's none on this roster and Ryan Poles gets one of the top two picks, you are you in favor of trading back and gathering all the picks you can get? Or do you take what you would believe with that high a pick, a generational player, a 10-year starter, that kind of blue player? What would you do, Brad? Yeah, that's a great question. I was actually talking with a guy who works for another team last night. We were talking about a bunch of different things, and that was sort of one of the things that came up is without knowing what – the Bears are offered in a trade down package. You know, if it's some unbelievable haul of picks, I think you've you've got to take that, right? But if it is kind of a more traditional the Bears trade down from two or three to say eight or nine and then they pick up something later on to get another decent pick. Um, I prefer to stay put. Like my my thinking is that you need to take the slam dunk difference maker. You've got a critical lack of difference makers on your roster right now, and if you're sitting there at two or three and you see a guy that you believe can be that player for you, you take him and then do your best as the draft continues to unfold to find some more for your football team. Because if you trade down from two or three to eight or nine, there's no guarantee you're getting a difference maker at eight or nine. Now there's no guarantee at two or three, but um, you've got a much better chance you would think, right? Or you would certainly feel more confident in your ability to land that guy. Uh, We are going to hear, thousands of possibilities of how the bears are going to be able to trade whatever this pick ends up being to some quarterback desperate team uh, before the draft. And, um, you know, the Brian polls will make off with like a ski mask on. It'll be such a heist, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> the, you know, the thing about that is I don't know that this is a great quarterback draft. You look at you look at Bryce Young at Alabama. He um, 
he checks a ton of boxes. One of the major concerns about him is uh, his size and if he's big enough to hold up in the NFL. And he, he could be like a, a real outlier in terms of body frame and size, and that might cause some teams to pause a little bit. Um, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, I don't think – uh, everyone's sold on him. And Will Levis, uh, some people like him a lot at Kentucky. There's some mixed reviews on him. So I'm not sure these are the three quarterbacks that are going to generate these um, like uh, these trade offers where it looks like you, uh, you, know, you robbed the bank to get all the picks in, in return. A lot of thieving going on in that, yeah. that answer right there. Yeah, absolutely. Big Z, is there anything personnel-wise in these final two games for the Bears this year that, that we might see changes, alterations, You know, whether offensive line or defensive line? Is there anything left to look at in these last two games that we maybe haven't seen yet? Yeah, Bruce Luce mentioned that yesterday. Like, we've got a lot of guys to look at, and so I kind of followed up. I'm like, well – like who? What? What do you mean? <laughs> and uh, he, he mentioned that they could have O line or D line changes. I don't like they're pretty much out of um, options on the O line uh, to to break out something new. Unless it's Alex Leatherwood at guard, and boy, he's really struggled at tackle. Uh, Jatari Carter hasn't played on offense yet. Maybe, maybe he's not ready. I don't know. And then he talked about maybe moving Justin Jones from three tech to defensive end, which would be, you know, twofold to look at Jones who's, who's been decent this year. You know, I think he's an okay player if you've got better defensive linemen around him. Um, so you look at how versatile he can be, and then maybe you see some more snaps of some other guys, uh, Andrew Brown, perhaps uh, Armin Watts at, at three technique. None, none of these things sound very exciting. They've, they've played almost everybody. Like Car- Jatari Carter uh, is the only offensive player that was on the roster week one that hasn't gotten a snap on offense. And Sterling Weatherford, the linebacker, who's been a core special teams player, mm-hmm. is the only player on defense that was on the roster week one uh, that has yet to get a defensive snap. Everybody else has played. They've started to play more. For instance, Bayless Jones um, has almost half of his uh, offensive snaps for the season in the last two games. His playing time has spiked. I would think we see more of him. I, I don't think they're going to rest Cole Komet to, for the Jake Tongas experience or, <laughs> uh, or Chase Allen, uh, but may, maybe they look at a few guys here and there. Bigsy, thanks. Appreciate it. Sterling Weatherford sounds like a hedge fund. Not a Weatherford. Weatherford. Thanks, Bigsy. Appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. Hey, right, Brad. Brad Biggs of the Tribune right here on The Score. You know, we talked about what Justin Fields thinks, what, what, what we think would be good for Justin Fields in the last two games, what Iberflus thinks and the Lions and whether or not that culture, maybe they compare more than what the – Bears are looking out with the Bills and Eagles. Let's hear from them. We'll do that after this. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, in for Mullane Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.